copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Monday morning, March 14th, 1932. 
Standing before the huge safe in his office, Manager George Evans causes an incident silent and gloating at the thought of the sight that will greet his eyes in a moment. Inside the safe, more than $3,000 in bills and silver. The weekend receipt for this theater. Then, shaking off the momentary preoccupation, he kneels, consults a small strip of paper, begins twirling the glistening silver-plated dial to his appointed mark. Left, then right, then left again. Suddenly, a small click of fallen tumblers, a twist of a handle, and Manager Evans' face leans with satisfaction as the door swings open. There. Now, this little dog. And there it is. Oh. What? Well, the... Well, it's got to be here. Good Lord. Coffinick. Coffinick. He knows the combination. He was here first this morning. Coffinick. Coffinick! Come in here. Come in here quickly, Sam. Shut in, George. Run through the shelves. Sure. What's the matter? The safe. Look for yourself. Safe? Gone. Everything gone. Couldn't be. That's impossible. Impossible, it is. Well, look for yourself, man. First I lose money on investments, then I lose money in the theater business. Oh, now I lose money for my safe. How could it be, George? Only two people know the combination. Yes. You are one of them, Sam. You also. Call the police. Yes. And you want to know things, Sam. I want to know something, too, George. You call the police. Uh, all right. Hello? Give me the police, please. Yes, that's right. The police. I want to report a robbery. Yes, that's right. A robbery. In response to the call, Captain Frank Katzenberger, in charge of the face detail, accompanied by Detective Lieutenant George Chilton and C.A. Appledorn, cover the four blocks in as many minutes. Rushing upstairs to the manager's office, they find themselves classically having to battle their way in through a group of excited people covering the small room. All right, all right, you people, take it easy. Come on, you've got to think I've done it. Now, tell me what I've been stealing from myself. I left last night before the money was put away, and I have to prove it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's get this story. Now, quiet down. Now, quiet down. Well, I want to know who you people are. What's your name? I'm Herbert Laser. I got my ideas about this. All right, what are you doing out here? I'm a partner with Sam Carpenter, and we own the theater. I never want to lost the money. Would I be robbing myself? Well, it's been done. But wait a minute. Who are these people? And who was the one that found the money gone? Uh, that one, George Evans. He's the manager of the I theater. I can prove that I left before the money was put away. All right, which one put the money away? Uh, this fellow, John Walsh, he's the assistant manager. He handles the money. I don't know the combination of the safe. Evans opened it. I just put the money in and locked it. Mr. Early comes out to the loop. All right, who's Mr. Early? He's the manager of the circle theater. This is him right here. Come on, go ahead. Yeah. All right, now what were you doing here last night? Uh, I came in with the money from my theater. It was 11.30. But I didn't see the safe drop. Some people here are waiting for me, and I went right out. And yeah, who are you? I'm Molly Lock. I'm a cashier. All right, now everybody just sit down, and I'll try to get some more dope on this. And remember, you're all under suspicion. I don't see why I'm under suspicion. Would I steal my own money? What do you know about it, Evan? Not me. And it's 10.30. That's before the money is even put in the safe. I wasn't near the place. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, we're not getting anywhere this way. Now, if someone will give me a nice, quiet story about how things work around here, maybe we can get something done. How about you, Evans? Sure, sure. And it's like this. The last show starts about 10-7. When it's down, I think the fellow leaves the box office and makes the money, and the untold takes it upstairs. 
And I opened the safe, and John Walsh here puts the money in. And is supposed to lock it. Well, last night, the same thing happened. I opened the safe about 10.15, and about 10.30, I... Well, I can prove I left then. Once can tell you that I left before the money was put away. Yeah, you couldn't have come back after and opened the safe again. What? Don't try to be funny in a time like this. Yeah, you could have, couldn't you? Keep it calm, boys. Keep it calm. Now, what all is, who was the last one to actually see the money inside the safe? I, I guess I was. No, what? That's right. Well, I'd tell you a story. Well, after the last performance started, I went to the box office and got the money box, and, and Miss Loth and I took it up and counted it together. That took us about 15 minutes, and Miss Loth left right away. Then Evans came in and opened the safe. He's right when he says he left at 10.30. He did. And I was alone from then until about 11 o'clock. I was counting out $100 in change for the next day, and when I finished that, I put it in and locked the door to the interstate. In that case, there's two of them? Yes, a big one and a smaller one inside. Did you know the combination of either one? No, no one did, but Mr. Evans and Mr. Coppinett. All right, go on with your story. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us again about locking the safe. You're sure about that, are you? I'm absolutely certain that I locked the interstate. All right, all right. Then what did you do? Well, at 11 o'clock, I went to check some of the earphones that we have for patients or a heart of earphones that we have for patients or a heart of earphones that we have for patients or a heart of earphones. We're check here. We got an outside serviceman who's supposed to do that. You had no right to roam around in the theater. Just a minute. I have a written order from the main office to investigate a complaint that the earphones were not working properly. I can produce that order if you'd like to. I don't believe your story at all. All right, let him finish. Well, that's about all, officer. I left a little before midnight. All right, where did you go after you left the theater? The street home? Yes, I left my laundry at a little place around the corner, and then I took a streetcar home. You found a laundry open at midnight? No, the laundry wasn't open. I put it in the chute that they had. What kind of a container was your laundry in? What? Oh, thank you, me. You think I might have had the money wrapped in my laundry? Well, I had a shirt and three collars and a pasteboard box, that's all. I guess I'm in a bad spot, all right, but I'd like you to remember that I don't know the combination of the safe. Well, this was an inside job. That safe wasn't blown or Jimmy. Someone unlocked it by using the combination. Evans and Coppernick are the only ones who have the combination. Even if I knew it, I wouldn't rob my own safe. Perhaps you mean that I did. I can account for every minute that after I left it in. I didn't do it. You didn't do it. I think you should put somebody in jail and cut the truth out of it. I have my idea. You didn't be afraid I run away. I'm as anxious as you are to get this matter cleared up. Laser, Evans, and Wallace are taken to headquarters, where each man is questioned thoroughly, but for no gain. The most intensive drilling fails to chase their clashing stories. Wallace defeats that Evans and Coppernick are the only ones who know the combination of the safe. Laser advances the contention that Wallace failed to put the money in the safe at all. Evans simply states that he can prove that he left the theater before the money was put away. The men are released, and officers Captain Berger and Appledorn go farther afield in their quest for facts. The owner of the candy store tells of seeing Wallace acting suspiciously near the theater on the night of the robbery. The employees of the theater claim that Wallace is innocent. The fact that Evans and Coppernick are losing money suggests the robbery might have been performed for the insurance that would be collected. Facts, suppositions, personal feelings all into the case. All lead nowhere. It develops into a hopeless tangle. The police are baffled because two people, unknown to them and forgotten by the suspects, cultured the scene that finally developed into the drama enacted on the night of March 18th. The simple friendship of James Hill and Ruth Becker for Evans, the manager of the theater, sets the stage for the action. The two people are in Hill's apartment after being at the theater for the evening show. That's why I like it. It was sad the way they ended it, but well, I don't know. It was right, I think. Yeah. It was good, all right. Hmm. Why did you give me that funny look after the show when we were with Evans in the office? Mm, I don't know. 
I was just surprised at all the money you put in the safe, I guess. Is that all you were thinking about? No, that's all. What? I was just wondering. Did you notice the piece of paper he had? Yeah. yeah I noticed it all right. It was a combination, wasn't it? No. It was a combination. I'd like to have a save with all that money in it, wouldn't you? Sure. I'd like to have a lot of money like that. No. I mean, it would be impossible to do anything like that. How could we? Forget it. Forget I said anything about it. Put it under. I'm sure of it. Time passes. The thought of the money in the safe grows in Hill's mind. And then one afternoon, the three are together in Hill's apartment. Evans is sitting on a couch, drowsy, after a lunch prepared by Ruth Becker, who is in the kitchen washing the few dishes used. Hill slouches in a chair looking out of a window. <coughs> Again. It was after two. Sleepy? Yeah. And I have to be back in the chair about four. Uh, if I go to sleep, will you? Will you wake me? I can hardly keep myself awake. Sure, go ahead. I'll wake you about 2.30. <laughs> I'm kind of sleepy myself. Well, don't forget to wake me up. Okay, here. Keep the pen. Thanks. I got it all right. Oh, 
In a few minutes, Hill emerges, a small green trunk clutched tightly in his arms. But suddenly... There he is. Get him. After him. Get 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 him.
Casually, the officer picks up a blank arrest report and proceeds to Hill's cell. Oh, hello, man. What are you in for? Oh, uh, for wrecking that house. She had it coming to her. Wrecking that house? Well, according to this report here, you're in for suspicion of burglary. What? Yeah, that's what it Goodness. <laughs> let me tell you about it. You better let me tell you about it. Take me over to that field. Huh? I don't know why I did it. Wait, now, wait. Are you talking about the
police calls an oil car, defense an oil car. The cancellation broadcast 175 regarding a robbery. Suspects in this case are now in custody. That's all. Rose and Rose. Narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande.